This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. Today on the podcast, we are picking up where we left off last week. Last week, we were talking about John the Baptist and his baptism being one of repentance. And then we came to Jesus being baptized. And so, Pastor, a question that I immediately wondered about and that we promised we would dig into today, if John's baptism was about repentance, Mm. then why did Jesus get baptized? Mm. That's the question, huh? That that is the question. We have 20 minutes. I'm (laughs) excited to hear your insights on this. Okay, so I want to get somewhere else today, so I'm going to keep it shorter and get right to the point. Okay. Uh, the point is, we don't know exactly uh, why he gets baptized, but we do have a couple options. Okay. And uh, I'll just tell you the different options, and you may even have some options that you know about as well. Uh, the first option we have is Jesus is coming to John to validate and affirm his ministry. Uh, John's thought, ministry? John the Baptist, yeah. Okay. Or John the Dunker, as we said <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so John is this wild man dressed up in an Elijah costume mm-hmm. out in the middle of a desert, baptizing uh, with water. And so they think he's kind of on the fringe of society, but Jesus comes and is baptized by him. Now, why do I believe that could be an option? Well, later, if you remember, Jesus says, no one is greater than John the Baptist. Mm. No prophet before is greater than him. He's the last and greatest prophet. So I think Jesus could be validating his ministry. But the one thing I think is really happening above that one is this. The key word there is righteousness, which which means right living. It's the act of living right before the Lord. And so... What I think Jesus is doing is he's coming to be baptized to show us the kind of life that we are expected to live. Jesus is basically going to walk the path correctly, Mm. rightly, you could say righteously, to show us how to live. Mm. And so I think that's why Jesus is baptized. He doesn't have to be baptized, obviously, definitely not for what John's baptizing, because it's for repentance of sins, and we know he that... Uh, knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus has no sin. So it's greater than that. It's, it's a deeper meaning. Now, what I want to talk about today is probably the most eye-opening, insightful paradigm I have ever found in the Bible. Wow. And that's a big statement. That is a big statement. That is a big statement. Because you know me, I love connections with old and new. In I'd- fact, People are here because of that. They like those things yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. We're going to take this on steroids today. Whoa. Now, let me give credit to who I learned this from. And, uh, man, I've benefited so much from uh, – he's become a friend recently. His name is Marty Solomon. And if you haven't heard that podcast, wow. Really, really good. Marty Solomon has the Bama podcast. Brent Billings and Marty Solomon. So Brent would be you and – uh, I, I'm not Marty, but but Marty it would be the, the, the when we grow up. When we grow, when I grow up, I, when I grow up, I want to have a beer like Marty Solomon. If you ever seen him, he's got like the manliest beard. We, we've had Marty at our church speak before, and Marty's become a friend. And uh, I actually heard this from him, and he gives credit to Ray Vanderlaan. And I have studied Ray extensively. I have I have had the privilege of hearing Ray in person, but this paradigm is the is the paradigm of six elements 
that you see throughout Scripture that is connected to water. Okay. Okay. Now, a couple of things. Let's just drill in on the on the baptism of Jesus for a moment. So, I want you to read just the the baptism of Jesus when Jesus is baptized and what happens. So, go with me to chapter three, verse sixteen of Matthew. Of Matthew. Okay. And I want to read uh, what happens just to remind you. Okay. Starting in verse 16, when Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. Okay, so let's stop there. Okay. That's all we need. Okay. That's all we need today, believe me. Okay, so here's where we are. We have a couple elements in, in this encounter. Jesus, the Son, goes mm-hmm. to the water. Mm-hmm. Okay, so water is in play here. Then we have the heavens opening up. Now, for those Bible scholars right away, you're going to know, and this is a hard one, so just know this is a really hard one. You will remember one time in the Old Testament where the heavens open and there is water present. The heavens opened, water was present, and the man of God was in the water, particularly the canal. And the answer is... I was hoping this was a rhetorical question okay. <laughs> because I do not know the yeah, answer. Yeah, the answer is Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. This is actually how Ezekiel begins his book. Okay, so Colin, go ahead and read just All chapter right. 1, verse 1. And I want to show you the parallels here between uh, these two men of God. Obviously, Ezekiel's a prophet, mm-hmm. but notice how he begins. Okay, it says, In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, while I was among the exiles by the Shabar Canal, yep. the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. Wow. Okay. So what are the similarities? You have the man of God, mm-hmm. Ezekiel. You have him at a waterway, a canal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have the heavens opening up and then you have a manifestation of vision of God. Okay, so you see the similarities here. Now, in Jesus' account, you have all three persons of the Trinity present. Mm. Now, I will say this about this, and man, if I go off on this, we may have to go a different direction, but I I think it may be helpful to do this for a moment. Um, When I pastored my first church, I... um, it, It was a manual Baptist church. It was a small church, 65 people. I was a three and a half year old Christian. I I literally, I don't even know how they call me, honestly, Colin. I think they knew they were dying and they were ready to turn the lights out. And they were like, what, what, how much worse could it get? Yeah. I mean, what, what else could, I mean, if it closes, we, we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Let's give this former drug addict, alcoholic, Roman Catholic background guy, three-year-old Christian, just, you know, started seminary not long. So by God's grace, they welcomed me in. So I was learning as I go, I mean, I'm still learning as I go, but back then I was really learning and I was praying to God. People wouldn't ask me questions I had no answers to because I didn't have a lot of answers, but I was a voracious reader and I was, uh, I was, you know, always investigating and learning. So every morning I'd pull up to the church, uh, the, the youth pastor from the church across the street would be waiting for me. He was about five years older than me. Okay. He was uh, he was a contrarian by nature, so he always loved to debate and push the buttons for me. Oh, you know, and so he's like me, basically just like you. Yeah, he's just like you, but not as nice as you. So okay. he, and not okay. a lot of tack. He okay. didn't have a lot of tack. Uh, so he was a part time. This will tell you a lot about him. He was a part time student pastor, and he worked as the vice president of the morgue. What? <laughs> it's a true story. He worked at the as the vice president of the funeral home. 
as his day job, but he was part-time as the student pastor. It was oh, crazy. Man, like I say, what's a like, student pastor? He was an interesting guy. <laughs> he could lead you to Christ and bury you, you know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he would wait for me every morning with a cup of coffee at my uh, parking spot. I'd pull at the church, and I'd pull in, and he was there waiting. Now, he went to another church in town, different denomination, that believed in something called modalism. Okay. Now, do you know modalism? I remember in seminary, but I can't remember the details. Okay. Do you remember modalism, Robert? Okay. Yes. Of course, Robert. Both of these, Robert knows everything. Okay. (laughs) Modalism, for those who don't know, modalism is something I knew nothing about. I never heard the word, I knew nothing about. So I had to start investigating what is modalism. And so, but he didn't tell me it was modalism. He just said, Robbie, here's the question he asked. How do you baptize people at your church? I heard you guys are now starting to baptize people, which is great. Praise God. How do you baptize people at church? And I said, with water? He said, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm like, what do you say? He said, I said, I say, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. He said, well, that's wrong. <laughs> I said, oh, really? Well, okay. Well, how was that wrong? And he said, no. You have to baptize people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ only. Or it doesn't count. Or it doesn't count. Wow. Yeah, which is a whole nother. Uh, uh, now I could push back on that in a number of ways. But back then I didn't have many bullets in the gun or in my pocket <laughs> at that time. So I just went inside and spent the rest of the day looking up what he meant. Okay. And so every week he would meet me, you know, on his I think he went in late that Monday. So every week he'd meet me and he'd have another question. You know, uh, do you know that everybody you've baptized outside of the name of Jesus only is not a true baptism? I was like, well, what are you talking about? And then he would push the envelope again. So basically here's how it came down. I started to research this idea of modalism is the idea that Jesus is the only person of the Trinity and I'm simplifying it. I yeah. can't remember the technical excellent. You might can look it up at the but basically Jesus is the person. Mm-hmm. And what happens is there are different expressions or modes of Jesus. So in the Old Testament, Jesus' mode was God the Father or God. Yeah. Jesus's mode while he was here was God the Son, Jesus, Jesus the Son. And then Jesus' mode after he left was Jesus the Holy Spirit. So basically, give us the technical. Uh, well, I think you're, I think you're, recalling some of my theology classes Ooh, now. Nice. Okay, um, ringing a bell. Yes, it's ringing a bell. Okay. I, I think us. it is that rather than three distinct persons, it is one God who manifests Himself in three different modes, ways, modes, yes. yeah, or modes. three different expressions. Yes, expressions. Expressions is a better way. So not necessarily Jesus does that, God does that. He does it as the Son, he does it as the Father, he yeah. does it as the Spirit, but it's not three distinct persons. Yes, and there are actually popular preachers today, I'm not going to name these guys, you can look them up, but there are popular preachers today who believe in modalism, okay? Men and women, <laughs> just, just tell you. Men and women who believe in this. So um, the, the, the challenge is, there's a couple challenges that I'm going to show you from Scripture. This passage is the passage I use to disprove that. I, I love where this is headed, Ooh. and I cannot. I was about to Ooh. ask you, why do we not believe in modalism? Where mm. does Scripture uh, teach that the Trinity are three distinct persons? Mm. But we'll get to that after the break. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? 
Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. Well, we're back and talking about modalism, Jesus's baptism, and water. We have talked about Ezekiel, and now we're going to bring them all together. <laughs> we hope, we hope. We're, we're way into the woods at this point. Pastor, you introduced the idea of uh, this, this doctrine of modalism, this idea that Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father are not three distinct persons, but people believe they're the same uh, one God, but they just express himself differently. Is yes. that, am I summarizing correctly? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. So what it does is, that what that belief does is, first of all, it negates the community and the fellowship and the relationship of the Trinity. Mm. See, w- one thing we forget about the Trinity, just the, the fact that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are one God in a triune relationship, three persons, one God in this relationship. What we forget is that all the way back in the garden, God is showing us with this relationship of the Trinity how we should be in relationship. You got to remember, you were created for community. Mm. We were all created for community. In fact, the first problem in the garden, think about this, Everything up to this point is good. God creates the world is good. God creates the stars is good. God creates uh, the, the, the trees is good. The animals is good. He creates Adam, it's very good. And then he says something is not good. Hmm. Think about this. It is not good for man to be alone. Hmm. So right out the gate, the first not after a series of goods is the fact that God knew man from the beginning was created for community. So when you have one person, Jesus, and three expressions, you basically have this bipolar, tripolar, dysfunctional, expressional relationship that's not even a relationship, basically. It's expressions, okay? So that's the first problem. The second problem, or the second issue is this, and it doesn't take much scripture to prove otherwise. So when I went back to Dan, his name was Dan, okay? I I said, Dan, and I was armed this uh, third or fourth week. I said, Dan, first of all, my pushback would be this. Matthew 28, Mm -hmm. 18 through 20 tells us what we should do. Very simple. Jesus says, go therefore in all the world and baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ only. (laughs) No. No, that's not what it says, Dan. (laughs) It says, go therefore, make disciples and baptize in the name of... God the Father, God the Son, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I said, so that, yeah, he says, but but that doesn't mean that you have to do it that way. 
that doesn't that doesn't mean there's no imperative there. You know, he tried to he tried to opt for a Greek, which was funny because he knew no Greek. But you could <laughs> you've been around people like this. They don't know a lot about a lot of things in the Bible, but they know a lot about one or two things, and it makes you think they know a lot about a lot of things. <laughs> But when you start pushing in, you know, kind of pressing in and peeling back the, the outer layers, you realize he read this online. <laughs> he don't know the, you know, well, the Greek language says that is a passive participle or, or that's an active participle and it's not a, I'm like, what is he? Now, by that point, I had taken a little Greek and I knew this guy doesn't even know he's talking about. Okay. But I still couldn't convince him. So I went back to the study and here's the passage the Lord brought me to. And this is why I wanted to just camp out here for a minute because this is powerful. When Jesus goes to be baptized, it says, when he was baptized, the heavens opened up, okay? Whenever the heavens open up, that is always a connection for something. Do you know what it is? That something is about to happen or someone is about to appear? No. God. It's your, oh, qu- it's your question. I was yeah, like, yeah. "What?" Yeah, I was way, tra- I'm trying you're to get way too deep. Way yeah, too you, deep. you already took me to Ezekiel. No, so. I know. yeah, yeah. You thought we were going to like Obadiah <laughs> or something. You're like, "Okay, I'm out." No, okay. So whenever the heavens open or the the smoke comes okay. or anything like that in you. a tantalizing yeah. uh, way, I mean, I'm paying attention. If the if the heavens are. open, if the sky yes, opens, yes. I am paying attention. Yes, I am too. So the heavens open, and then all of a sudden we see. The Spirit of God descending like a dove. Okay, now notice the key word there. The Spirit of God descending like a dove. Mm-hmm. Contrary to some people, uh, they think the they think the the Holy Spirit was a dove. Mm-hmm. So you got like a dove falling on someone's shoulders, you know, Jesus' shoulders. This dove, it was not a dove. Let's just reorient our thinking. It was so. What you what you have here is Matthew, who is either witnessing this. You probably Matthew witnessed it firsthand or at least heard about it for sure, but definitely probably witnessed it. And he's looking from the bank. You know what? I don't know if he witnessed it. I don't think he witnessed it. I like how you said definitely, probably. Yeah, yeah. You see, that's my brain (laughs) auto-correcting me in (laughs) mid-sentence. This is I hadn't prepared to talk about this. He wouldn't have known this. He would have heard about it. Because remember, Matthew's call is later, and there's no way a tax collector, this is what my brain's thinking as I'm talking, tax collector would be at the baptism Uh of John. Okay, because he would have been called out. He'd have been way away. And this is in... The Dead Sea, he's in Capernaum. Okay, so Matthew would have heard about it. But what Matthew heard as he interviewed these people was that, tell me what it was like. Now, you got to understand, they don't have the pictures and <laughs> yeah. the technology and the websites and the computer. Or context. They don't, they've never even seen anything like this. Or the this. context, yeah. So what, the, what we see is, we see him, he says, man, if I could describe it. You ever seen a dove? slowly descend and right when it's landing its legs comes out and, and it lands on the on the tree that's what it was like hmm. so that's what he says descending like a dove not a dove but like a dove so the holy spirit is there he's present he's mm-hmm. a person by the way not an it not a thing he's there number 2 the father is there mm. because well, how do we know the father's there because the voice of heaven says what mm-hmm. this is my son this is my son with whom I am what? Well pleased. Well pleased, okay? And what he's saying there is, now, that's an interesting insight. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Beloved son. Beloved son. That's a connection quickly to Genesis 22-2 when Isaac mm-hmm. is being sacrificed by his father and when Abraham 
says, I'm going to take my son, my only son, mm-hmm. my beloved, beloved son. son. I'm going to take my beloved son. Mm-hmm. It's the same connection here. Abraham and Isaac, picture of God and Jesus, okay? So the people probably that heard that would have remembered. Made the connection right away. Yeah, Man, there's something Abraham. connecting here. But what's amazing about those words from God is this. God says, this is my son in whom I am, past tense, well pleased, or I am pleased with. Hmm. Now, here's here's the conundrum. Jesus in his ministry mm-hmm. hasn't done anything that we know about up to this point. Yeah, this is the beginning. This is the beginning. So how in the world can God say, this is my beloved son. I love, my affection is on this man right here. He's my son, and I am pleased in everything he has done. And yet he hasn't done anything ministerially up to this point. And I think it shows us an interesting thing for all of us as Christians. We don't work for God's love. You don't earn God's favor. You don't try to live up to God's standard. We work from the love of God, the Mm. unconditional, welcoming, never-ending, always-seeking love of God. Mm. And so what what Jesus is showing us here is his ministry begins with the stamp of approval from his father that is a sign of his love on him before he ever does a miracle, ever teaches a lesson, ever calls a person, Wow, which is so amazing. Somebody probably needs to hear that today. So we have the Holy Spirit present. He's there. God the Father is present because the heavens open. When the heavens open, God shows up in the voice from heaven. So there's two of the Trinity. And then who's the third person of the Trinity? Jesus. Jesus in the water. Hmm. Now, next week, because we're out of time, but next week, we're going to talk about the significance of water. We, we tried to start there, but again, as we always do, there's too <laughs> we, many trails to mine and rabbits to catch. Now, we'll say one more thing before we close. Go to Luke 3. I want you to read one thing from Luke 3, the parallel passage of this, as an encouragement for all of us of the power of a discipline many of us overlook. So Luke chapter three, we see the baptism of Jesus. Luke the doctor. If you wanna know a little more about the actual context and what's happening, Luke in a surgical way with precision is gonna include words and terms that some of the others may miss because he's a doctor, he's looking for it. Luke includes one phrase the others don't have. Read verse 21. When all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. As he was praying, heaven opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a physical appearance like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Okay. There's a couple little things we can say, but I want to say one thing to you that's interesting. What is the one little phrase here of a spiritual discipline that is happening in Jesus's life at the moment heavens opened. He was praying. He was praying. And I think that's an interesting thing to consider. It's not just he goes to the water. It's not just that he's into the canal. It's not just that John comes close to him. It's not just the crowds. It's the heavens open when the sun is praying. And I just wonder how many times Have we seen the heavens open in a sense where the presence of God and the power of God is manifested as a result of our prayers? It's not 
in regards to anything else other than the power of prayer. Mm, so good. Well, today we started with why was Jesus baptized, and uh, we learned that it was a fulfillment of righteousness. We went to Ezekiel. Uh, we talked about modalism and why that is heresy going back a long, long time to like the 4th century, 3rd uh, century uh, with Sibelius. Wow, look at you. I Googled the, while we were talking. Night. Googled while we were talking. That's strong. That's strong. Uh, but we talked about modalism, and then we talked about um, how God the Father could say he was well-pleased with his son when he hadn't yet accomplished any work on this earth. What a great reminder that we are loved by God, not because of what we do, but because of who we are in him. If you enjoyed today's podcast, do us a favor and share it any on any platform that you listen to. It helps uh, new people find it, helps us get it out there. And join us next week as we continue the discussion, the significance of water and where we see it in other places in the Bible. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.